Well, your time is a finite resource. Right. Right. So where do you want to spend your time? You want to spend it in the areas where uh, your strengths are and where you get the biggest return on your investment. Right. Uh, of your time within the business, whether it's you got great people skills or you're going to do all the people stuff yourself and then maybe you're not so great on the financials or you're going to go hire a CPA or an accountant or somebody to come in and help you with those particular pieces because you could sit there and scratch your head and hit your head against the wall and all those things in your finite amount of time and not really get anywhere with it. Right. And it's ends up being a detriment to your business and success. And I think an introspection on this is just like, like we said in the beginning of this little section here is be real with yourself. Look yourself in the proverbial mirror, mm -hmm. right? And look at what's really there. And don't be afraid to say, yeah, I need work in these areas. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life. And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell. Uh, welcome to episode one of season two. We made it to season two, Zach. We did. And uh, it's great to be back. Yeah, it is great to be back. Did you? It feels like we haven't recorded in forever. <laughs> yeah, it's only been about a month, five weeks or yeah. so. But it, I agree with you. It feels like it's been a year. <laughs> so. I don't know why, but it has felt like it's been a year. But I know we both had a good hiatus, if you will. Yeah, we both took some personal time. Yeah. Did a little traveling. You went to Kentucky. I went to the Outer Banks. You had a lot prettier views than I did, but yeah. Well, I don't know. On the first day that we were there, it didn't feel like a pretty view when it's True. pouring rain outside on the Outer Banks. It just That's all perspective. Got into a big, massive domino game just to <laughs> pass the time with all the rain outside, but it it got better as the week went on. So today's episode, we're going to look at the top four reasons why businesses fail. So our last episode of last season talked about, you know, looking forward from a position of thinking about starting a business, what are the challenges you're going to face in starting and creating a business? Now we're going to sort of look past that start point and we're going down the road. What are the top four reasons we're most likely to fail in our business in hopes that we can talk through it and give some pointers or thoughts about how to avoid the four items and therefore be successful in building and growing a business. So that being said, let's start with uh, the one that everybody is probably <laughs> the most familiar with. It's probably true for a lot of people right now. Uh, which but is the lack of working capital, the ability to have the coffers, so to speak, of money. 
to be able to get you through your honeymoon phase, so to speak, right. or your startup time. Because I think a lot of people try to be hopeful in starting a business and think it's going to take off fairly soon when the reality right. is. And I, I talk a little bit about this in my coaching with my clients. There's a concept called the fly where if you think of starting the business as being on a five-speed or 10-speed bicycle, you've got to get down to that lowest gear first where you're doing a lot of motion and a lot of pushing on that flywheel, but you're not traveling very far. You know, and eventually as you get some momentum behind your business as the market becomes more and more aware of your product and you start getting some customers and they tell their two friends who tell their two friends kind of things, you start to able to drop into into higher gears and you get more momentum for the same amount of energy that you're putting on that flywheel on the bicycle. And so you've got to take into account those pieces and, and how much capital you need to start your business because if you don't, you're most likely not, you, you might have a product or service that has the potential to do well in the market, but you just run out of funds to be able to keep it going long enough to truly know that for a fact. Right. I mean, we've talked about this in the past with making sure the, you know, R&D or the, you really basically know what you're getting into, right? So we've talked about, you know, high cost, low volume versus high volume, low cost mm -hmm. models, things What's your like business that. Model, which, yeah. And that has a lot to do with the needed revenue too. What's production cost going to be? See, I mean, I love to use an example with this of like Shark Tank. They come on, mm -hmm. I've had this much in revenue. Okay, awesome. What's the cost of production? Right. Oftentimes there's a disconnect there and that's where most people can't see the forest for the trees, if you will. And well, in a lot of ways, that's why they're on Shark Tank is they need the funds to keep right. going. The The question is for the sharks is to understand whether or not the product really has any viability. Right. Right. If I invest a little bit of money in you to get you over the hump, is it going to start growing and taking off? Or have you really not thought about your your market and your product and what, you know, what is the market size? Right. Do you have a lot of competitors in it? So, therefore, what's your market share going to be? If you're bringing a commodity product to the market, you're going to have a lot of competition by nature that it is a commodity. So, right. how are you going to differentiate yourself? Right. You know, those and, are things they have to prove to the sharks. Right. I mean, again, they're looking for, like you said, the viability and how to avoid the pitfall of, you know, failing as a small business, as a startup. And another important piece is don't get over, say, don't get overzealous on your market projections either. I mean, mm -hmm. dial it back to eight if you think it's going to be a 10 to really make sure you can stay lean and mean long enough to where you're going to become profitable. Well, lean, mean, and flexible. Yes. It's a dangerous time. You know, we've talked about business owners working on your business and in their business. Right. This is starting up a business in the very beginning is a very dangerous time if you're spending all your time in the business and not on your business. Then things can get out of hand very quickly because you're not paying attention to the right things. Um, you can get away with it a lot longer as you get some years behind you in the business and you're making at least a little bit of profit and keeping things going. You can you can have your head stuck in the business and get away with it a lot easier than at mm -hmm. the startup time. Right. 
got to pay attention and dig into the numbers often, if not on a daily basis, to understand what's going on so you can be flexible and make changes. Well, I think that's a good point, too, is making changes, but also what if you've got to make a major change? Mm-hmm. Right? What if before you're sunk, if you will, you figure out, hey, I've got to get out. I mean, having ways out, having an exit plan, exit strategy, if need be, mm-hmm. if you get to a certain point where it's just kind of, there's a no win in the future. I've seen- Or an exit ramp to go in a different direction. Right. Not necessarily completely out of business. No. But a different market, a different commodity. Well, you may think, you may think your target customer is a, has the characteristics of A, B, C, and D. Right. And then all of a sudden, you got customers coming through the door- and yes, you're making some money, but you're looking at the people that are coming through the door and saying, this is not the audience that I thought. Right. I can remember Honda building a car, the Element. You know, the Element, a very square, rectangular, boxy car. Mm-hmm. When Honda first started developing that and building it, they thought the target customer was going to be young folks, sort of millennial right. type types. And the people that were buying it were elderly. <laughs> the the people that were actually buying it were totally right. on the opposite end of the age spectrum. Than, and so they had to really do a major flip on their marketing efforts when they saw who was really buying it. And as a business owner, you've got to be mindful of that same thing. You may have to have some flexibility in your marketing if you, all of a sudden you find out you've got a different demographic right. that's coming in to buy your product or service. So A, you got to be cognizant of it and looking for it, and then B, be flexible enough to change on the fly to take advantage of uh, that new knowledge that's come in through the door for you. And then, Andy, what about for new businesses, what about their time horizons with their market projections, things like that? Well, to take a conservative tone, right? You think yeah. You may think that, you know, here comes hope is in your thoughts when you're building a business plan. I'm hoping that within the first year, I'm going to be in a certain point. I mean, I certainly had that for my business, not seeing that a pandemic was going to hit. Certainly took me a lot longer to get my first paying customers in the door versus what right. I originally thought. So you always want to go conservative when you're looking at your horizons and when you think those first dollars are coming through the door, because you'll stand a better chance of success than if you think, oh yeah, I'm going to have hundreds of customers walking through the door, so to speak, within the first six months. Not going to happen. So I guess preventing from running out of capital, plan to have upfront capital for longer than what you project being profitable yes. by. Right, uh, I would probably go two that. times. Two right? times. If you think you, yeah. if you think you're going to reach profitability in a year, I would plan for two. Yeah, I mean, worst thing that happens at is at least you have extra capital, you pay it back. Right, right. Better to have too much, definitely in this scenario, than not enough. So, mm-hmm. or you could use that for further expansion, things like that. Right, but if you need it, it's there. Right. So then one of my favorite topics is in leadership slash management skills. Now, we've discussed in the past that they're not the same. Leadership right. is not management. But 
for all intents and purposes here kind of falls under the same umbrella for these purposes. You know, leading a business versus managing, we've talked about that again. But if you're going into business, number one, you've got to understand your own personality type, your own strengths, your own weaknesses, Mm -hmm. and be able to play to those for the benefit of your business. Yeah, hire for your weaknesses and leverage your strengths. Right. So, great Um, example for me, right? And you've known me for a couple years now and... You know, I'm a, I'm a heavy driver, doer, just get it done, run through a wall. and mm-hmm. But if you run through a wall, there's collateral damage, <laughs> right? There's some mess. And I was never the one good at getting all that organized and pretty and systematized. I mean, I didn't have to hire somebody. It was just, I mean, I say it's a God thing, but, you know, Megan came into my life and that is her strong suit. It's mm-hmm. just doing, organizing, and systematizing. Right. And if I wouldn't have found her, I would have to get to the next level in business, had to pay and hire somebody to do that. I know that. Yeah, I know that right. too. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm typically trying to engage with Megan first before you. Right, exactly. That's why she <laughs> schedules everything. So. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would say you have much stronger visionary skills and, and leadership skills than getting into the weeds and the management and project management and all those type of things. And fortunately for you, you married somebody that's got those skills. Right. So, well, that's why companies have, of course, a CVO, right? Chief visionary officers, mm-hmm. chief financial officer, chief operational officer, right. right? Because most people can't be everything to everybody. Well, there is no such thing as a perfect human being. So right. we all have our strengths and weaknesses. It's a matter of, being introspective and asking for feedback from others and so forth to understand what they are for yourself. Right. And I think- And being okay with that. Yeah. Right? (laughs) To say, okay, maybe I've got some work and some areas I can grow in, but I'm okay where I'm at. Right. Well, it goes back to the conversation about pride, right? Right. Pride. And ego, get rid of it. Right. As much as you can. But then, you know, talking about hiring two strengths and weaknesses, but- even though you may want to get this business off the ground, do things quickly, take the time necessary to hire good people. Yes. Don't just hire somebody that has a pretty resume and checks the boxes. I mean, dig in with them, figure out, are they going to have good people skills? And can, they, are, can they work in the culture I'm trying to build? Right. Are they going to align with your why? Mm-hmm. Right. Are they going to buy into your why? Are they going to try to reinvent the wheel or run their own ship? Right. So, because you get somebody trying to steer in a different direction, the boat sinks. Yes. <laughs> so. And if you don't, if you don't understand those first two items we just said, you know, know yourself and hire good people, then another choice you can go is to hire somebody like me. Yes. Go get yourself a business coach that can help you walk through those things, help and assist and, you. It's not... You know, it takes a village to raise a family. It takes right. a village to, to to run and manage and be successful in a business. So don't be afraid to reach out to somebody well, for help, even if it's just for a short period of time. And Andy, to that point, right, you get so many people, again, pride and ego. And I don't need a coach. I can do this on my own. I can, you know, figure it out. And yet most of the time they don't see the success they want, right? And this mm-hmm. isn't just in business. To be clear... Y'all, this isn't every area in life. I I started out my 
career originally in the fitness field, in personal training, everything like that. Most people come in, they want to get in shape. They want to have better health, feel better, have more energy, lose weight, whatever their goals may be. And oftentimes they might see a little progress, but they don't get to where they want to be. And then they quit, right? Then they're right back to where they started. That's where a personal trainer comes in. Every single professional athlete that has made it big has always had a coach, has always had a mentor sure. and somebody to push them and keep them accountable, right? It, it's really the same aspect in business, right? Having a mentor, having a coach or multiple, right? That's never a bad thing to have a mentor, but then have a coach as well to get a different perspective and again, that accountability to what you want to do. Yeah, you may have one coach that helps you work on leadership skills to know what your strengths and weaknesses are, work on sort of the, quote, soft skills, if you will, of your business. And then you might have another coach that's more like a financial coach that's helping you with the numbers and the marketing and all those type aspects of a business. You can either get it in one person or you can get two. It doesn't matter as long as you're looking at all the areas. Right. And... Again, knowing your strengths, your weaknesses, what your strong skills are, what your weak skills are. Also, I like to use an example. You know, I'm not necessarily the greatest at running social media marketing, things like that. Mm -hmm. I don't like to be stuck in social media all day. I feel like I'm wasting time. Yep. Right. Not to mention it's a time suck because you get on there to post something and like, oh, article, read 30 minutes later, Mm -hmm. you've wasted time, (laughs) especially when you're ADD. But outsourcing that because that is there's different things different management i mean different aspects of business that again you can't be everything to everybody Mm -hmm. and if you can't hire to it in-house it's okay to outsource right whether it be marketing whether it be you know teaching leadership to your team Mm -hmm. right bringing in an outside coach to do a seminar, things like that because they may provide a lot more value for your team and your business than what you can do by quote unquote saving the money. But your time is a finite resource. Right. Right. So where do you want to spend your time? You want to spend it in the areas where uh, your strengths are and where you get the biggest return on your investment right. uh, of your time within the business, whether it's you got great people skills or you're going to do all the people stuff yourself and then maybe you're not so great on the financials or you're going to go hire a CPA or an accountant or somebody to come in and help you with those particular pieces because you could sit there and scratch your head and hit your head against a wall and all those things in your finite amount of time and not really get anywhere with it. Right. And it ends up being a detriment to your business and success. And I think an introspection on this is just like, like we said in the beginning of this little section here is be real with yourself. Look yourself in the proverbial mirror, mm-hmm. Right. And look at what's really there and don't be afraid to say, yeah, I need work in these areas. Yeah, I need to hire somebody for this because, you know, success is a lot sweeter than maintaining your pride Mm -hmm. than seeing your business crash the ground, which is losing more pride, dropping it to make sure your business is successful, set out to do what you told everybody to do. Well, what are you going to do with that pride if you're not successful? Right. That's a catastrophe waiting to happen. I know individuals like that. So That's a dumpster fire, right. as they say. That's back in high school. I threw a 70-yard pass for a touchdown to win mm-hmm. the high school championship 30 years ago, and that's still the highlight of life. So, <laughs> but then moving on to number three is we've talked about this before. Again, 
if you have trouble in this area, definitely reach out, get some help. But number three would be ineffective business planning. Yeah, avoid the Hail Mary. Right. Right. At least have a business plan. Don't just wing it. You want to do your proper research. You want to understand the market. You understand the business that you're getting into. Hopefully, even better is to work within that industry for a while, not as a business owner, but get that industry experience that you can then leverage in building your business plan and going after a business, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure your business plan covers, you know, what is your why and what is the actual description of your business, what your current and future employee and management needs are, opportunities and threats within the broader market. Where are you going to keep your eye as you're scanning through your business, right? Where are my opportunities and I want to take advantage of down the road and where are my threats that I need to put up defensive positions per se? What your capital needs are, and we won't go into detail on that because we did that earlier in the episode, your marketing initiatives, which are critical in the very beginning, because you got to tell the marketplace that you exist and what your product and services are and who's an ideal customer and what problem you're solving for them. And then a competitor analysis. At a bare minimum, your business plan should have all those right. areas in it. You might start with a couple of paragraphs. You know, let's not forget the business plan is a living document. Mm-hmm. It's not something where, yeah, I wrote a business plan, it's four pages long, and then now it's collecting dust on the, you know, going back to our comments about being flexible, you might need to go in and change some things about your business plan. With knowledge, we talked about in in an earlier episode about your assumptions. Make sure in your business plan you're detailing and listing what your assumptions are going into building the business plan. And as you're gathering information after you start, you might be, Confirming an assumption or denying, not denying, what's the word? Confirming that your assumption is wrong Mm -hmm. and it needs to be changed. And then therefore your business plan might need to change because your assumptions changed. Right. From that perspective. We said in the beginning, don't be afraid of that change. If you do need to make a shift. Yeah, because you don't have perfect information. No. You don't know every single little detail about the industry and the business that you know for fact. And because of that, you've got to be flexible uh, with your business plan because your assumptions can change from that perspective. And, and as we said earlier, be flexible and be cognizant, watching, monitoring your business on a daily, weekly, monthly right. basis in the very beginning so that you can make those changes on the fly as you're right. getting more and more information in, as you're talking to customers, as you're getting uh, feedback from your marketing efforts and so forth, finding out who your true target customers are as they're walking through the door. If you have a brick and mortar business from that perspective, that's ultra critical to be flexible in the beginning until you've got the, the, the working or winning, if you will, formula right, for your business in hand and know what it is. And then, you know, if everything else is in place, right, you've You've got the working capital, you've got management skills, you've built a good team, et cetera. You've got a business plan, which your business plan should include marketing. But if you don't effectively get the word out Mm -hmm. that, hey, I'm here, we do it better than everybody else that does this, the other stuff doesn't really matter because nobody knows you're there, (laughs) right? So, And one one of the things I talk to my customers – um, about 
is a time horizon with your customers. Too often, business owners look at, let me take a step back. You have to spend money to capture new customers Mm -hmm. through your marketing efforts and in the money necessary through your sales process to you sort of have that quote contract in hand. Right. Even if it's a simple transaction at a cash register, think of that as a contract or that's when the the revenue or the money gets Mm -hmm. exchanged to you, right? Oftentimes, people only think about the one transaction, Mm -hmm. right? I'm going to get a thousand customers in a year and I'm going to have a thousand transactions and I'm never going to see that customer again. So when you think about your marketing expenses or how much money you're spending per customer that you actually get revenue from, they have a tendency to underestimate that as opposed to thinking long-term that depending on the business that you're in, you might have a customer for 10 years, 20 Mm -hmm. years, 30 years. You're providing a high quality product or service that they keep coming back as they go through seasons of life and so forth. On a percentage basis of what you're spending per captured customer, you want to be looking at a customer long-term and not just that that one yearly sale, if you will, that you get from the customer when you're looking at numbers on a percentage basis of what you're spending on marketing. Do you want to spend the revenue of a customer on marketing for that one single year, or do you want to spend 2% of marketing per customer through the lifetime that you have that customer? Right. If you look at the 2% over the long term, you're spending more marketing dollars up front to capture that customer Mm -hmm. initially. Because it, it's like it's like the lottery ticket, right? If you don't spend money on that lottery ticket, you're not going to get have any chance. Your right. chance of winning that lottery is zero percent. So you've got to capture that customer and then hope you can keep them long term from that perspective. And it's going to take a little bit more money marketing wise to capture the customer right. and have them in your community, so to speak. And then really making sure once you know that the messaging you're putting out is effectively delivering your why, mm-hmm. right? Figured out in business, people don't care about the what or the how nearly as much as your why. They will relate more with your why. You'll build more of a culture and a tribe of customers if you effectively put your why out there versus yeah. here's what we do. As a logical component and an emotional component. Mm-hmm. I was having a uh, um, conversation with a customer recently about buying a car. So you made the decision you need a new car. And so you're probably going to spend a week or two doing your research, thinking logically about what cars should I be looking at. Right. Seriously, you know. Do do I want a sedan? Do I want an SUV? What kind of gas mileage do I want? Et cetera, et cetera. And you boil it down to like three, three vehicles. Now the emotional piece starts coming in, right? So mm-hmm. you have this big logical stream for a while till you narrow it down and you bring in the emotions to that piece. And every industry and every product service is going to be different about that logical piece versus the emotional, right? right? A commodity product, logic, <laughs> the time you spend on logic is 10 seconds. Right. A lot of it's emotional. I think that would relate from marketing to customer conversion as well. Mm-hmm. Is how well is your team, is your business trained on taking 
prospect to customer. Yeah, but this thought process needs to be built into your marketing thoughts right. and how it is you're going to be pushing your message to your customer. Right. Is it a logical decision or an emotional decision or some balance in between? And are you addressing that in your marketing messaging? You also got to know who, what your target audience is. Right. Who are you going after? Where, where are they? What kind of marketing channels, if you will, are you going to use to um, make sure you reach them? And then when we stated earlier, you may find out that you've got uh, <laughs> your demographics are all wrong. Right. You've got to change on the fly with your marketing initiative. Be flexible. We mentioned knowing the industry that you're in. The more you can spend time in that industry or get training in it or something, the better off you're going to be in understanding what kind of marketing initiatives right. you need. And then lastly, mar what does marketing do for you? Right? Mar marketing's helping you to do what? Lead generation, yeah. right? Get the word out. Bring Get the word in. out and get somebody possibly interested that then becomes a lead. But then that lead drops into your sales funnel. Right. You have to take them through your sales process, which may be two minutes or it might be mm -hmm. two months or it might be two years, depending on what industry you're in and the price point of the product or service you're trying to sell. But if you can't, if your marketing is not doing the job of getting that lead generation into your sales process and your sales process is not being effective, then you're not going to get the revenue. So you got to look at both pieces. Mm -hmm. Currently working with a customer on that. They can get leads in the sales funnel, but it's coming out the, the bottom of the sales yeah. funnel. That's the issue. Which I find a lot of people have, that's where they struggle the most in that marketing because there's so many tools out there that are accessible that they have to get the word out. Hey, I'm here, mm -hmm. but it's people have a hard time and wonder where am I losing them from point of contact to the closing table, if you will. Yeah. Well, this particular customer, it's a time issue, right? So they've got competitors that can get a customer through the sales process in a day or two, and they're taking a week or two. Right, so we had a conversation about what's good enough. Right. They, they want something high quality. I mean, their their motive is right. Their desires for the customer is appropriate. They typically, it's something where the customer wants to have a game plan a lot sooner, particularly when you've got competitors promising them that and they're delivering on something mm -hmm. that's good enough for them to make a decision if they want to move forward or not. Right. It's like, well, I don't have time... You know, in this day and age, I don't have time to wait two weeks for you to give me an answer when I've already engaged with two or three of your competitors and they had something to me in two right. or three days. I'm ready to make a decision. And you're sort of left in the dust. Well, I think that's a, that's a lot. It's a lot in a short period, but I hope that everybody can either go back, listen to it a, a second time, chew on it, digest it, and... Hopefully there's some nuggets in there that definitely maybe you're in a trend, you know, starting or you're in a position where you're not sure exactly where you stand or the waters may be a little bit rough mm -hmm. that you can take some of these principles and evaluate and apply it to your business. That'll help get you where you want to be. Well, the biggest thing this episode can do for a business owner is to Take this information and build your, quote, dashboard, unquote, right. 
of what you're really paying attention to on a daily basis in your business when you're first starting is these are the most likely reasons that a business fails. I want to steer clear of all this stuff. And the Mm -hmm. way that you do that is by A, being well prepared before you start, but then once you get started, you're looking at these things in your Mm -hmm. daily dashboard and making quick decisions if you need to turn slightly left, turn slightly right, take an exit ramp, uh, you know, to a different customer set or just take an exit ramp going if it really gets bad for you and sort of minimize your, your losses in it from that perspective. But if you're not paying attention to these things on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, then it can come back to bite you in a big way. And so that's why we're trying to shine a light on these items in this episode. So we, we hope to bring or brought some value um, to you in this conversation and an episode. If so, hit the follow so, button. Spelled the wrong way. Spelled the wrong way. Spelled subscribe, but <laughs> we call it the follow button. Follow Jack and I on this journey. And in the season two, kind of, I'm still shaking my head. I can't believe we're in season two. Yeah, no. Feels like it just started, but but we appreciate everybody that spent time with us today because, like we mentioned earlier, that is your most valuable and unrenewable asset. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, this was valuable time invested, not spent. Right. And back to we will see you right back here next week, next Tuesday, for another episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. Have a great week. We'll see you next time, and take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitchpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world.